The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. We're still in the Biggest Mistake Storytellers Make miniseries, and today we're going to talk about part three, which is the idea of caring too much about what other people think. And it's complicated for writers because you have to understand that you can be writing for more than one reason. And the first reason that a lot of people write is because they want to have a marketable product. And when you have a product, you need to think about your your business avatar. You need to think about the person who you're targeting with your product before you even start making the product. Because in writing, you have to hit certain things to appease certain audiences. And so you might have certain tropes that you want to use. And, you know, in this podcast, we've talked about subverting trope expectations. But when you do that, you still have to follow the trope pattern so that expectations of the reader of your genre are fulfilled. And so, uh, you know, that's one reason you can write. But another reason that you can write is to make art. And when you're making art, you're not thinking as much about the end result and whether or not you can uh, advertise that product to a specific avatar, uh, even though some types of art are made to be consumable. So you have to figure out what your story goals are before you start writing. And we have, we do talk, there's a whole episode about story goals if you want to go listen to that on the Expensive Words podcast. It's one of the earlier ones. Uh, but the thing is, you have to give yourself freedom when you're writing, even if you are trying to create something that an avatar that you have will love. And if you're not familiar with the idea of what an avatar is, you figure out your your ideal uh, consumer of your product, and you fill out all this information about them so that you know what they will and what they won't like. Because uh, groups of people, <laughs> you can group, like, let's say, uh, for example, I'm writing a book about motherhood, which I have written a book about that, but I I, I don't think that my avatar is going to like it, so I haven't published it yet. Uh because I don't approach motherhood the same way as a lot of people in my own group. So it, I know that it can't really make money. I know it would probably help like, you know, a few hundred people, but not thousands of people. It doesn't have a wide marketable audience. But like my avatar for that book is a Christian woman who's trying to raise compassionate kids uh, who might have special needs kids as well, because I talk about that in there, and who's trying to raise confident children that can become successful adults. And I use uh, biblical truths to kind of make my 
arguments for why we should stop doing certain things in child raising. And so <laughs> I've alienated almost all of my avatars by saying, hey, look, this thing you're doing that you think it's biblical, it's not, and you need to change that. And people are not going to like reading that. That's not going to make them feel good. And a lot of them uh, are very stubborn. And that's why also I don't write Christian fiction anymore, because I just can't keep my writing goals in line with what I feel compelled to do as an artist and create books for those avatars anymore. So that's why I left. So if you know what your avatar is, your demographic is, then you know whether or not you can write to them. But if, if like me, you're writing to challenge a specific group of avatars, then you know the book's not going to be marketable. So, And I still choose to tell some of those stories because I think that those stories are important. And even if I can't you know, get those to the right group or my avatar pool is so tiny, for me as an artist, that matters. And you have to figure out how to balance all of these things together before you even start working on a project. Because if you don't know who you're writing for, if you don't understand who your avatar is, and you know you want to try to make something that you're going to uh, market toward people to make income, then you will not succeed. But also, if your storytelling goals have to do with being artistic and challenging people, then you have to realize that there's not a large avatar pool for that kind of story. And if the story is important enough to you, you can tell it anyway. And that's where this comes in, the idea that you can't care too much what other, think, what other people think. Because if you're writing for artistic purposes or you're writing for yourself, right, uh, you have to give yourself permission to be real in a way that you wouldn't necessarily be real if you're writing for a specific avatar for mass market. And also, you know, in the Writing 101 series, we talked about how you cannot choose every reader as your target audience, which your target audience is your avatar is one identification, like one person that you can kind of apply to your whole target audience. So you might be thinking, Kristen, this sounds a lot like business stuff, not like storytelling stuff. But you need to understand if you don't know your story goals, you're never going to be able to write for the group you want to write to. And also, uh, if you want to push in and do things story-wise that you know will work but that your avatar won't necessarily like, you need to understand before you even start that you won't have as large of a target audience and you have to be okay with that. And so, uh, you know, I work with a lot of writers and a lot of times they're like, well, I really felt like this character should do this, but I didn't think that the audience would like that. And I'm like, okay, well, who's your audience? Right. I'm, I ask them that right away. I want to know, who are you writing for? And uh, sometimes I'll be like, well, yeah, your target audience might not like that, but how important is it to you as a storyteller? And how important is it to your actual story? Because these are things that you have to take into consideration. And maybe it sounds overcomplicated to you, but the thing is, you need to make sure that you're not writing things that make you hate yourself even more. And when you leave something out because you feel like, oh, the reader's not going to understand, that's like a little drop in what becomes a very large pool in your heart that weighs down your ability to write. Because as an artist, you also need to be able to feel free to do the things that you need to do for the story. And uh, I'm going to do a whole episode about this, but 
you also end up with this like retroactive regret, which is what J.K. Rowling has. And I know she's a controversial figure right now, but I'm using her as an example because this is something that she's tried to do. She wrote something one way and she probably was like thinking, okay, I'm going to write it for this audience. And then later on, she regretted that she didn't have as much inclusion in her book as she wanted to. So she tried to retroactively go back and say like, look, there was inclusion here, even though there really wasn't. And that made a lot of readers mad because they loved the story. And they were like, you're messing with something that already happened. You're messing with an experience that I already had. And I don't like that. And I think it's natural as human beings to resist that because once you experience it, you've experienced it. You can't go back and experience it again for the first time. And so this, these are the kinds of things we see where the readers and the authors are arguing. And I would say that, you know, okay, she, she regretted that she didn't have as much inclusion as she wanted, but people still resonated with her story and that wasn't enough for her. So that's why you need to think these things through ahead of time. And also when readers connect with your story and you have regrets and you go back and try to change them, you're making all your readers mad because you're, you're invalidating their experience. You're like, well, you shouldn't have connected as much with this story because I, I didn't do this, this, and this, and this. There are always going to be things that you look back retrospectively at and say, okay, I could have done this differently, but... The best thing for you to do in that situation is to keep moving forward and make more meaningful stories, not go back and mess with stuff that is already cemented inside of your reader's mind as something positive, and then it feels negative. You need to understand who you are as a person before you can actually sit down and write. And this is something uh, I'm making a free course about this right now, and it's going to be called the story mindset. But it's the idea that you can't actually write a complete story if you yourself are not complete, because you symmetrically represent whatever you are inside of your story. And if you're incomplete, the story will be incomplete. And so I'm going to help people understand how to feel complete and uh, worthy of love so that they can write a complete story. And that's why we're talking about this right now, because you cannot let other people define your story. You can take reader comments and implement them. Like if you're trying to understand your target audience, that's why we have beta readers so that they can read the book and be like, I didn't like this, this and this. And if more than two people say the same thing, you need to go back and change it because you're making a product to sell. But if you're making a piece of art that is meant to be mainly experienced by you yourself, then you don't have to take those things into consideration. So it just depends what your story goals are. But at the same time, I feel like we won't progress as a writing culture, as a literary society, if we are so careful about everything. And that's why I'm saying I see this in storytelling a lot where you can tell that the author or writer just kind of wimped out in a certain way where they were going in a certain direction and it felt too scary to them or too out of control to them and they stopped and the story pays for it. So you need to understand that anytime you try to do something new, anytime you try to do something hard, there's this little voice that can come in your head and tell you that you should avoid it because that's the easiest thing to do. And that voice can also tell you, well, 
your readers are not going to like this because it's too challenging or it's too this or too that. And so you have to be brave and work past that voice and work in conjunction with beta readers, depending on your story goal, so that you don't get scared and stop. And you can stop because of yourself or because you care what other people will think. And I I feel like when we're scared and we stop, it always has to do with how we think other people will, per- will perceive our project uh, or our storytelling abilities or our plot. And, you know, for me, when I get scared, it's not because I'm like, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to read this later and I won't like it. No, I'm, I get nervous because I'm like, am I actually good enough to do the thing I want to do as a writer? And that gets... It feels very heavy at times, but I have to remind myself that the only thing I'm really saying to, to, you know, to myself when I'm thinking about this is that I'm scared of what other people will think because I know I need to write it no matter how scared I feel because that's how the story should go. That's the direction that I need to push the characters in. That's part of the arc of the character arc. That's part of the plot progression. Uh, I like writing about really difficult topics. And so that can be heavy for the reader. And I've had some people say to me sometimes, I loved this book. I would never read it again. And I'm like, okay, good. That's exactly what I wanted. But when I first started writing uh, the Plunge into Darkness series, I was really nervous. I was like, I'm writing about incest. I'm writing about sexual abuse. I'm writing about silence in the face of injustice. And I know that these ideas are going to make people uncomfortable because these ideas have been making me uncomfortable for years. And that's why I want to write about them. And I just had to give myself permission to do what I needed to do in order for the story to go in the direction that I felt it needed to go and to show, to spotlight these things that were really uncomfortable, not only for me to write, but for other people to read. Because the point of this story was not to be super marketable. Uh, You know, my avatar in this in the my avatar for the Plunge into Darkness series is someone who thinks they care, but they need to be confronted with the truth in actu- so that they can actually care. And I don't even know how many people are in that group. It's not really something that I can measure. And my avatar can be a man or a woman in this case. This is not even a genre that exists that I'm writing in because it's kind of like allegorical fantasy, but um, much more focused on principles of justice. And a lot of people uh, who love the book, who the book resonates with, are not interested in allegory. So how am I (laughs) skirting that line? And, And it's complicated. But in order to make a project like that, which I felt in my bones I had to do, I needed to give myself permission not to care about the end result. And this is the thing, this is how I measure the success of every book, of every film, every teleplay, anything that storytelling consumers can interact with. I ask, do, does the viewer, reader, whatever, consumer, feel the way that the writer wants them to feel? Whether that's good, whether that's bad, whether it's intense, whether it's angry, you know, like all these different things, because a lot of people are like, I read to feel good. I don't like writing that kind of stuff. Uh, I like interacting with that kind of stuff. But as an artist, that's not my main thing. And so I want to know 
as an as my, as a writer myself, can I make people feel those difficult things and understand that they're not as active uh, in fighting injustice as they think they are? So it's not like I'm trying to make a change about their attitude. I'm trying to point out something to them so that they can see the truth. And I think really compelling writing does that. But do I do I have permission to make someone feel bad? That's that's the question you have to ask yourself when you're writing a story. I was thinking about The Mandalorian, which is a television show on Disney Plus. And it's amazing. Everything about it's so cool. But the thing that you can do is watch this extra series, which is about them making it. And yesterday, uh, we were watching uh, how it should have ended for The Mandalorian, because that's a tradition in our family. We like watching it. It's funny. But also, it raises interesting questions about storytelling. And one of the things that uh, they talk about is how... um, IG-11 could have saved Quinn. Oh, this is a spoiler, by the way, if you haven't watched the show. Just stop listening if you don't want to hear spoilers. So um, there is a moment where, you know, uh, or he could have, John Favreau could have easily written it so that the character didn't get killed. And I watched the behind the scenes and everybody is talking about how he dies and everybody is so sad about it. And they're like, well, you know... uh, why did this have to happen? And John Favreau just looked at them and I could see there was no regret in his face at all. And he's like, that's part of it. That's part of what makes this so meaningful is that people are willing to sacrifice their lives or aliens in this case are willing to sacrifice their lives in order for this cause. And he did that on purpose. There's no accident about killing off the characters who get killed off in this show. John Favreau, who is a master storyteller, by the way, and also just one of the coolest people uh, I've ever seen as far as interviewing and, and sharing about his storytelling abilities. I've been in the same room as him at uh, Star Wars Celebration 2018, and it was amazing. And he doesn't second guess himself. And that's what I'm telling you. You need to get to that point. And everyone else might say, why did you kill this character, John? And he's like, because that's part of it. That's his, that was his only explanation. Because difficult things in storytelling make the story more meaningful. And he wanted people to feel that sadness and that loss. And we feel that in the show several times. But we're all convinced that, okay, all these people are beings or, you know, Mandalorians or whatever else dying in effort to save this child is worth it. And we understand that there's a price to pay. And that's something that I really love about the Star Wars franchise in general is that they make uncomfortable choices to have characters die because they want to show the price that, you know, the characters are willing to pay in order to save the whole universe from this uh, really extremism. And I'm... I'm not going to say, like, Sith is all bad, Jedi is all good. I think they're both extreme in their beliefs, and that causes problems for both of them. And a lot of the people who are in the Rebellion are saying, look, we don't want extremism either way. And that's why, you know, we needed Rey and uh, Ben to bring balance to the Force, which was, for me, a really huge moment in my Star Wars fandom life. But, you know, imagine what would have happened if J.J. Abrams would have been like, well... 
We don't want anyone to feel any loss or sadness in this film. It just sucks the meaningness, like it sucks the meaningfulness right out of the story. And so that's why I'm telling you, you know, don't be afraid that you're going to make someone sad. That's part of your job. Because you want to tell them the best story you can. And a lot of times you have to show the the expenditures along the way of the character's growth or of the story progressing so that it can be even more meaningful. And if you make readers feel uncomfortable in the name of making your story its best possible self, I am of the opinion that you should do that 100% of the time and that you shouldn't think or care too much about how people will get upset at you for making them feel something. That's the whole reason that most people enter into storytelling ventures. That's why people watch television. That's why people read books, because they want to enter into those emotions. And if life was so happy and carefree and there weren't any obstacles for us to overcome, it would be boring. Listen... You know, I got some really bad news about a family friend last night, and I'm not saying, like, I want these things to happen, but it does. It makes you look at life and think about the fact that you don't know what's going to happen. There are no guarantees, and painful things are coming. And I don't really want to talk too much about that inf- about that news because I'm still, you know, I'm still processing it, but that is what life is like. That is how storytelling should be. And so next time you're asking yourself, should I do this thing that's going to make my story so much more uh, important and, and give it that depth that I need? Or should I just try to appease the reader? I would say do the thing that's going to make the story better, even if your reader might not like it, even if it makes them uncomfortable, because that it adds that depth that you need so that the story that you are telling has the potential to change someone's life, to connect with a a soul in a way that a ho-hum, everything works out story wouldn't. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing. Happy writing.